Well, good evening to you, and uh, I'll try not to uh, tarry too long. I know some of us are tired. Um, if I said I was going to be as long as Brother Grady was last Sunday night, y'all would get up and leave, wouldn't you? Y'all would go on and hit the door. Um, <laughs> go for it now. <laughs> uh, but I do got a quiz for you before we start. How many of you can tell what was the... Uh, title of the message this morning why are you here all right well I'd like to ask you that question again tonight and then I'm going to ask you what was the uh, title of the message last week that brother Grady preached all day on Sunday straighten up fly right all right now two for three let's see if you can go three for three <clears throat> what was the uh, message that was preached on April 12th 2023 on a Wednesday night Anybody got that one? Colossians chapter three. Yeah. Colossians chapter three. No, brother, it was because I was here and I was the one that was behind the pulpit that night. So no, I wasn't Colossians chapter three. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter seven. Um, as I was doing my daily Bible reading um, on the seventh, which was two days ago or <coughs> yesterday. Um, um, Lord just impressed upon me to uh, speak on this again, and uh, the reason I can't tell you that I, I that was the date that I I did, but I did um, <clears throat> speak on that uh, chapter of the Bible um, on that Wednesday night. And the reason I know that is because my wife keeps track of all that for me. Um, she can tell you what you preach too, brother. So uh, if you ever need to know, or you, brother. Um, uh, she knows uh, <clears throat> that, and she marks it and keeps up with it, and uh, um, she's pretty sharp on her stuff. So uh, I went back and uh, asked her. I said, I don't want to go back because my memory is pretty short. Uh, <clears throat> my memory mess doesn't do too well. But uh, I want to focus on uh, uh, <clears throat> one verse uh, here, but I'm, I'm going to go through the entire chapter here, and I'm going to have to run along, but my focus is on verse 19. For the goodman is not at home, he has gone on a long journey. And the title of my message tonight, and I, and I even read that wrong. For the goodman is not at home, he has gone a long journey. Not on a long journey, a long journey. And the title of my message tonight is Our Life is But a Journey. Father, we uh, come to you tonight asking you to be with us and uh, help us as we uh, try to uh, worship you, Lord, uh, for your mercy, your goodness, and your greatness. And uh, Lord, it's not uh, what we are, but what you are and what you've done for us. And I pray tonight, God, that uh, your name would be lifted up on high and that, Lord, uh, you would receive all honor and glory from everything that's said and done here tonight. I make my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. For the goodman is not at home, he is gone. A long journey. The symbolism that's in this chapter is so real, and it's so real to me as I read this chapter, and I read this chapter every month, and uh, <clears throat> and see the Lord throughout this, uh, uh, th throughout the book, uh, the books that you read, but specifically in more than than others. And uh, the master of the house is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's gone a long journey, and uh, we know tonight his position and where he sits. He sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession 
for you and I as Christians, and I pray to God tonight that everybody that's here under the sound of my voice is saved and knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, and those that are listening uh, maybe uh, via the uh, the internet there and, and, and knows that uh, Jesus Christ is their Savior, but uh, <clears throat> while he is absent in body, folks are listening to the desires of their heart tonight. It's very evident from our pews that are here tonight. Um, not because I, nobody knew I was preaching tonight, so it didn't make any difference. They didn't come because it was me. They didn't come because it was uh, uh, Brother Muncie. They didn't come because it was Brother. They just didn't come. And there was something else that took precedent in their heart and something else that uh, guided them not to, to be here tonight. And uh, they're turning from their faithfulness and their true worship to go after the more attractive things that they think that are of the world. They're more attractive to them. And uh, there's things that draw your attention uh, other than the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can see where your heart's at when you're not sitting in the pew, when you're not in church. It doesn't matter who's preaching. Uh, you're going to get something that you can take home and something that you can uh, use. And we see all throughout chapter 7, uh, you see in, in verses 1 through 5 there, the encouragements about the commandments to keep them so that you don't, so that you remain out of the realm of trouble. And you hear that all the time. Uh, whether it be the teaching that you hear in Sunday school, whether it be uh, the lessons that we have on Wednesday night, whether it be the preaching that you hear on Sunday morning and Sunday night, things that will keep you out of trouble. And there's one thing that will keep you out of trouble and keep you a thing, uh, away from uh, the things that the devil wants to do in your life, and that is be in your Bible and be in God's house. Uh, God's house is important, and, and I can't tell you enough the uh, being faithful over the years of being in God's house. When you are able to be here, you should be here. And you ought to be encouraging those around you to be there as well. And God wants us to do that. And you see throughout this chapter here, uh, in verse 6, they looked through the windows, uh, she looked through the window, or he looked through the windows of the house, just as you would look from the eyes of your body uh, to observe the things that are around you. We see the things that are going on around us. We know the troubles that we live in. We know the troubles that are in our community. We know the troubles that are in our the troubles that are in our nation, the troubles that are going on around the world today, and and it is like that that uh, we have grown cold and callous to those things. We no more have a remorse or a <clears throat> emotion about those things that we ought to have an emotion about, and we see them. Chapter 4 of Proverbs says, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. We're not focused on one thing. We're not looking up for our redemption draweth nigh. The, the, those that are sitting outside the doors tonight, they're not looking up. They're not looking for the Lord to return tonight. If they were, they'd be in the house of God tonight. And uh, many a church's pews are empty. I, I, my dad talks about has talked about his church, and uh, he he started up there. There was fifty or sixty people that started in the, in that little church that he went to up there in Clay City. And over the course of four or five years, they're down to five or six people in that church that were faithful to come back to a service on Sunday night. Where are all the people going? I'll tell you where the people are going. The whiteheads are passing away and the young ones are not filling the pews anymore. 
That's what's going on. We're not teaching a generation of kids that it's important to be faithful in the house of God tonight. Their eyes are not looking straight ahead. Their eyes are looking over here. Their eyes are looking over here. And their eyes affect their heart and it affects where they go. And we don't, we, we, we seem not to care anymore. We know we, we, we don't shed a tear. We're not here on Wednesday night to pray, uh, for the things that are there. We pray for sickness all the time and that's great and I, and we should pray for it, but we ought to be praying for the souls of men as well when we come up here to the altar to pray for, uh, uh certain things. Verse seven, he, uh, <clears throat> you see why you, <clears throat> your eyes are important. It's so you don't start focusing on the simpletons. I call them simpletons. The simpletons around you that are void of understanding, who have no knowledge or discernment regarding that which is hurtful or will help you. I guarantee you, you'll not get anything that comes from behind this pulpit that is trying to be hurtful to you. It's trying to help you in your walk, help you with your family, to help you with your marriage, to help you with your finances, to help you with your relationships with people. That's what we we are here for as a church to help one another to grow in the knowledge uh, and the understanding that God would have us to have. That's why we're here. But verse 7, you see it, it says there, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youth a young man that he was void of understanding. <clears throat> now, if you read in Brother Ruckman's book, I think he gives in his Bible and, and, and some of the notes that he has in there, he gives the best example I've ever heard out of the book of Proverbs or ever read out of the book of Proverbs. Knowledge is accumulating facts. We accumulate the facts that are there. You, you, you uh, gain knowledge by accumulating uh, facts in your life, learning what is true and what is false. Wisdom is knowing how to apply them to certain things in life. Now, all wisdom is not godly wisdom, okay? You can have wisdom and have the wisdom of the devil as well. But the important thing here is the discretion. And discretion is knowing their relationship to God and making the right decision there. And that is a, uh, the best complete definition that I've ever had out of, uh, of any of those that I've ever read. Verse 8, we see that he went near. He started flirting with trouble. And you know, everyone that's not here tonight, and I'm not picking on the ones that are not here. There's some with, uh, uh, I'm sure, good reasons. But there's others that could have been here. There's times that I could have been here. And, and, and I wasn't. But you know what I was doing? I was flirting with trouble. And when you start flirting with trouble, you, uh, you go near it. He had two ways to go. You had a decision to make. When we go to church or when we read our Bible, when we do anything for the Lord God, we've got a decision to make. You can go one way or the other. God gives you that choice. Aren't you glad that God gives you choices in the matter? You, you have a free will to do that, which you would want to do, and be pleasing to God, and God can bless you for that. I'm glad that God made it that way. And uh, uh, that he would bless me for that. You have options and 99, uh, an option in all the things that you do almost 100% of the time. And you may have made decisions prior to that that had limited your options moving forward. Now, God gives you a way to go. But you may have made a decision prior to that that would have caused you to have to make another decision that God didn't want you to make. 
In verse 9, we see uh, uh, that it's in the evening. It's a black and dark night. It's secretive. When we do things like that, we like being secretive about it. Sin, you, want to be, you don't want nobody to know where you've been, what you've done, and what you're doing. It's all in a secretive manner. And we can see the progression here. Verse 10, the sin looks good, and it comes at you subtly. Uh, uh, someone else was uh, subtle in the Bible. Genesis 3.1, I, I think we recall there, uh, that it says he's artful, he's crafty, and uh, he's cunning. Verse 11, now I want you to see this. Look at the traits that follows, follow those things that are drawing you away. They're loud. They're stubborn. They abide not in their own house. They're busybodies. They're, they're about. And those are the things. Those are the traits of the world tonight. It's loud. It's stubborn. It says that you don't need God tonight. But I say tonight that you do need God. You need God tonight more than you've ever needed God. And our society doesn't believe that way. It doesn't look that way. Our life is but a journey. David said over in the book of Psalms, show me. The path of life. Whoso findeth life, findeth me. That's wisdom. That's what he's talking about. When you find God, you find the path of life. Verse 12, without, in the streets, offering no protection. You know when you're out of church and you're not right with the Lord, you, you've got the hand of God's protection off of you. You're out in the streets. You read, do any study in the Bible about streets and the things that are cities and things like that, and you'll find that there's trouble in those. There's no protection there. I sure don't want to be where there's no protection and I don't have God's hand of protection on me. And I'll tell you tonight, there's times that I've said I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to give up. I've wanted to move over here. I've wanted to move over there. I've wanted to go downtown to this one. I've wanted to go to that one. But you know what? I look back and I say, God, I don't want you to take your hand of protection off me. And if it means i got to stay here and serve, then I'll stay here and serve. I want God's hand of protection upon me. You get out from under that hand of protection, you'll wish you had it back on you. And uh, a lot of kids, Brother Leo, talking about that little girl that's left uh, the, the home there and run away from uh, her parents. Uh, many a kid have run away from home and they, they left the protection that they had because they didn't want to abide by the rules or follow the lead that their parents had. They wished they had stayed at home and a many a Christian have walked out the door and left under the hand of the protection that they had of the Lord. Wrong. Wrong. That's, that's unbiblical. And God isn't going to bless that. God doesn't bless disobedience. God blesses obedience. Verse 13, it called, she caught him and she kissed him. I know somebody else in the Bible that caught him and kissed him too, and it was Judas. And man, it, uh, it, it's, it's all good. It, it seems all good. You have the portrayal here. Uh, of uh, 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 the the goodman's not at home and adultery and the things that are going on here, and then she provided peace offerings, reference to works there and uh, uh, the works and a, a work salvation and, and and doing that. You know, you can work your uh, your little fingers to the bone in this church, and if your heart's not right with God, God ain't gonna bless any of it. If you don't, if you give and give grudgingly, God's not gonna bless that. God wants you to give of your heart and your heart's desire, and he knows where your heart's at tonight with that. 
We oftentimes don't look at those things that way. It's our duty to do those things. Yes, it's your duty, and you need to have a little uh, 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 discipline in your life. You need to be disciplined about getting up, being on time, being where you're supposed to be, and doing all those things. But the other part of it is, is God wants you to do it with a heart that you love him. I don't do the things that I do just because it's a, a, my job as a husband for Kim. I do it because I love her. And, and we ought to do the things that we do for the Lord Jesus Christ because we love him tonight. We love him for what he's done for us because he first loved us. God loved me and you. Verse 15, sin will find you. You don't have to go look for it. It'll come knocking on your door. Uh, the, the devil will come knocking on your door. He'll send somebody on you. Uh, no, he'll send somebody at work to uh, uh, knock on your door and stir you up a little bit and see where you're where you stand on something. He'll stir the neighbor up there that's beside you. He'll stir a family member up around you. It, it, it'll go on. Sin will find you. You don't have to go look for it. You're not perfect Christian tonight. I'm not perfect Christian tonight either. And it, and it finds me. And I have to ask God every day for his forgiveness of some of the things that uh, go on. But you know what? I, I don't want to go looking for it. I want to look for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more I've got my head in this book, the more I'm praying, the more I'm doing what God wants me to do, I see that God's hand of protection is on me. That's where we ought to be in our Christian walk. We see in verse 16 that the world's pretty. It's likened unto Egypt. And we know that in the Bible that Egypt was a picture of the world. The Bible tells us, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We know that the Bible teaches that. We know in verse 17 we see that it smells good. The world focuses on all your senses, on everything. TV, just turn the TV on and watch a commercial and see if it don't focus on all your senses. Your eyes, your ears, your taste, your smell, everything. It feels good. It tastes good. It's all good. No, it's not all good. If it don't come from the Lord, it's no good. The world wants you tonight to believe its way. It wants to convert you to its way. Yes, I have to live in the world, but I don't have to be part of the world and the things that they've got for me. Verse 18, he says, There come, let us take our fill of love the most until the morning. It's only interim, folks. It's only interim. It lasts, it's temporary. It lasts for just a short while. There's pleasure in sin for a season. Yeah, there, there, there's pleasure in that for a while. I've lived it for a while. I, I've, I've lived a day or two out there. I know I, I, I'm no perfect person by any stretch of the imagination. But it's when God changes your heart and, and renews your mind in you and transforms you inside that you know that those things aren't right anymore. And you don't do them. And, and there's pleasure. I, I enjoy, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. I thought I was enjoying it at the time. But it brought sin and reproach and it wasn't a good testimony for me, for my family, for any of those that are around. It wasn't a good testimony for my church. It wasn't a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ as well. And that's who I need to be pleasing. Verse 19, the Goodman, Jesus Christ, a long journey. Verse 20, appointment. You've got an appointment that you're going to keep. We're all going to keep an appointment. 
Hebrews 9.27 says <clears throat> that we'll, <clears throat> it's appointed unto man once to die and then, and, and then the judgment. We're all going to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account one day. And uh, uh, you stand on God's candid camera right now. And God has recorded every deed, every thought, every action that you've done. And it will be replayed back to you when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. The things that you did and you didn't do. Didn't do. That you could have done while you had an opportunity. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about the judgment seat and great white throne of judgments talked about in Revelation 20. Verse 21, it's <clears throat> what I want you to see here is that with her much fair, spree, uh, fair speech, she caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips. She forced him. You know, the devil can be transformed into an angel of light. And uh, <clears throat> we know that 1 Corinthians uh, or uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, 13 says, And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Boy, it looks good. They make it look good. The world can make it look good. The things that are out there look good. But boy, you better try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. Because just like Josh said in his testimony, you... <clears throat> You may think that's right for you, but is that what God wants for you? Is that what God has uh, <clears throat> put before you and would have you to do? But verse 22, and this is the world, straightway, without hesitation, they're gone. I tell you what, you give somebody a little, uh, uh, that's why I hate that social media and all that garbage, 99.9% .9 of that junk out there ain't, it ain't a bit of truth in any of it. People lying on this one, lying on that one, calling this one that, and da 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 yeah, what, did, what, did he, what was his three, uh, what, what did he say last week, Brother Grady? Duh, 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 what was that three? Blah, blah, blah. That's what's on there. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's all it is is a bunch of blah, blah, blah that's, that's out there. And, and, and people talking uh, and doing this, and they go straightway after that garbage, and they take it like it is, like it is the Bible. And then, then they won't believe one stinking word out of this book right here, but they'll believe anything that they read off of, off of the Internet. Wikipedia is, is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but forget the Bible. That's a bunch of garbage is what that is. Go to the Bible to find some of the answers. And that's when I call straightway, I call that making a knee-jerk reaction. And I tell my, my, my people at work all the time, if there's one thing, don't make knee-jerk reactions. If there's something you need to give some thought to, take the time and say, I'll tell you, I'll give you an answer later after I think about it and I pray about it. And, and most of the things that they come to me with or that have been brought before me, I try not to make a knee-jerk reaction on it. I try to give it some thought. I try to let God guide me in the decision that I need to make whether it be a purchase, whether it be something in my life that I need to do personally. Go to God and seek God's counsel on some of those things. But he says in verse 23, until. Hurt's going to come. You, you get meddling and dabbling over in sin and get, get away from God, hurt's going to come. You, you, can, you can guarantee it. There's, I remember a time he... Uh, uh, the pastor stood in my driveway when I lived on 414 Estes Drive. I had my old truck pulled up underneath of the uh, up underneath of the shed. He may not remember it. I don't care if he does. I do. 
And he, you know how he visits you when you ain't been in church for a while or you're not, you're not where you need to be with the Lord. He come up there and I was piddling with my old truck. And that was my problem. I was piddling with my cars more than I was focusing on God. And uh, he's like, son, where you been? He went through the, the litany of it and, you know, scolding me and telling me what I, what I needed to do. But you know what? I needed that counsel. I needed somebody that cared about me to come tell me that I was wrong until that, that sin finds you out and you find out that you're wrong and God brought some hurt on my life during those days. Some things that had come into my life that, uh, that, that hurt and uh, they were uh, spiritual, they were physical, they were things that happened because of the sin that was in my life. And when I got some of those things right, then God lifted some of those burdens off of my life as well. Faithfulness to the Lord will help you in many ways. Take that counsel when you get it. Take it like somebody that's got a backbone and know when you're wrong. It takes more of a person to be accepting of that stuff and know when you're wrong and take it and know that God is speaking and He's the shepherd of your soul. He cares for your soul. He talked about it over in the book of Peter. There's people that care about you. Don't take that criticism as, as always as criticism. Take that as somebody trying to give you some counsel sometime. Verse 24, the call to hearken. Listen, beware, the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 25, thine heart. The Bible tells us about our heart. And it tells us in, in there to keep our heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. He, he turns the, the, the page here in this chapter and says, let thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. If there's anything that I can tell you to do tonight is keeping your heart where it needs to be. God wants your heart tonight. He wants you to <clears throat> be focused upon him because why? Verse 26, many have been slain. There's many a Christian out there tonight that are living in torment, they're living in misery, and they've been slain because they've played <clears throat> with the devil's devices and his thing. I know guys that have stood by, behind this pulpit right here tonight that were preachers that are no longer preaching the word of God that I would have, I would have staked my... I would have staked my inheritance on back when I was in my early 20s that, man, they were some good guys. They were good guys. And, and I think they were. But you know what? They got, they got tattling around with sin. They got fiddling around with it. They got, they got to see some of the things that were out there, and they got away from God. Don't ever say it won't happen to you. Don't ever say it won't happen to you. It happened to Job, and he was, he was a righteous man. And, and he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, it, it can happen to you. Verse 27, the wicked's eternal home is hell. It doesn't say his house. His house is hell. It says that <clears throat> the wicked's home is hell. If you read that, her house is the way to hell going down to the chambers of death. You know what? I'm glad tonight I'm saved. You ought to be glad that you're saved. This life is a journey that we're on tonight. And <clears throat> the Goodman is gone on a long journey, but I believe that his return is soon. I know that his return is imminent. 
And I want to be ready at whatever point in the journey, in the journey that I'm in when his journey comes to an end. And I believe his journey is getting ready to come to an end. I believe we're at the doorstep. I've heard it preached my entire Christian life that we're just around the corner. But I know that we're closer now than we've ever been with what's going on. There's a quote I like to say, the two most important days in anyone's life is the day they were born and that the day that they realize why they were born. And I think this morning you heard the reason that you were born in the message. He said in Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We were created to be pleasurable unto the Lord, to give glory and honor unto God. And I pray tonight that your life and the journey that you're on and the point that you're at tonight, that journey, that you would give God all the honor and the glory that he deserves. And that we, as a faithful remnant of people, faithful remnant of people, would stay close and worship him as he deserves to be worshipped as we stand to our feet.